0: Well, good Thursday morning, everybody. It is the 9th of December, and my title today is Spending Some Tent Time with God. There is a great conversation between God and Moses. After the nation of Israel had been wandering in the desert for years, it was critical that the nation would keep following the leadership of Moses and God had two ways of showing the people that he was with Moses. The first way God demonstrated his presence was to have Moses put up a tent where the two of them would meet. Now, it was set far away from the camp, and it was called the Tent of Meeting. And when Moses would go into the tent, a pillar of cloud would would stand at the door of the tent to signal to the people there was a meeting going on and all the people would rise and actually stand by their own tent doors and they worshipped. Well, the second way God demonstrated that he was with Israel after Moses came out of the tent, his face was shining with glory from being in the presence of the Lord God. However, The longer that Moses was out of the tent, that glow began to diminish. And people would be thinking, hmm, maybe Moses needs some time with God to brighten up his glow. Kind of like, you know, taking your dirty car through the car wash. But I digress. One day, God said something to Moses that both shocked him and scared him. God said that it was time for them to enter the promised land. And there was a rumor that there was milk and honey flowing in abundance there. However, what he said really shocked Moses to the bone when he said, Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up among you, lest I consume you on the way for you are a stiff-necked people." End quote. Now that's not a great message to people who had just been spending years eating the daily food God provided and drinking water from a rock although I think they learned they could use the water and actually brew some beer which they called rolling rock. Then he said that if he were to stay with them and go up with them to the promised land, there was a good chance their foolishness would cause God to consume them. Well, talk about putting the fear of God into somebody. But Moses saw a problem with that plan. Now, all along the way, they were a grumbling people wanting to go back, believe it or not, to slavery in Egypt. They would, if God wasn't there, probably dismiss Moses as their leader and take matters into their own hands. So Moses feared for his life and the survival of God's people. So with all of this on his mind, Moses goes to meet with God in the tent, and he expresses some of his concerns in meeting with God face to face. The presence of God being with his people, gave Moses assurance that these stiff-necked people would follow his leadership. But without God's presence, Moses's days in office were numbered because it was the presence of God that kept that nation of a million grumblers together through these difficult years in the desert. So Moses, emboldened by his fear Asked God a question. He asked God if he would be allowed to see God's face. I mean, not just have conversations with him, but to literally see his face. To which God replied, You cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. To see the face of God was possible, but it would be one and done. Because God is so powerful and so holy that to literally see his face would be such an incredible experience that it would kill them on the spot. Now, that sounds awful to me, but it also caused me to be awe-filled. God, who is our Father, is so powerful and so holy that just seeing him would end our lives. There is such an incredible difference between his holiness and our sinfulness that we would just be incinerated if we were to see him face to face. So what does that idea do in you? It certainly filled the Israelites with fear. They lived in great fear of the Lord and were thankful that God created among them a man who could be near him without disintegrating. Their father was Levi, and they were known as the Levites, and they would go on to be the only ones allowed close enough to God to serve him in the temple, offer sacrifices, and one day a year, one of them could go into the Holy of Holies. So how do you envision God? What do you imagine God the Father is like? Moses was not allowed to see God's face, but God did allow him to see something. He told Moses to get down into the cleft of a rock, and God covered him with his hand, and the glory and goodness of God passed by him, and then Moses could look again, and he would be able to see God's back. Now, I find this very interesting. Why could he see God's back and not see his face? What is that idea about how awesome and holy God is speak to you? Moses was allowed to see his back, but not his face. And I think there's a message for us in that setting. It is improper for us to stand face to face with God the Father. Sure, he loves us with an everlasting and unconditional love, but the position of face-to-face is usually more confrontational than it is submissive. People stand before God and shake their fists at him, but we're told to see his back. To stand face-to-face seems to me to be a position of resistance where we're trying to convince God that, hey, God, we have a better plan. However, to be seeing his back means that we are following him. It is a position of surrender and accepting his will for our life. And that is the most important thing there is about our life. And whether he leads us further into the desert, Or into a land flowing with milk and honey, we can know that He knows the way, and if we follow Him and His will for our life, His goodness and mercy will be poured all over us. Listen, my friends, at this point in my life, I no longer think what God my Father might look like. In fact, Jesus said that the Father is spirit, He doesn't have a body. However, He has manifested himself to us through becoming the person known as Jesus the Christ. He snuck into humanity as a human being. He literally became one of us. He was literally born by a human woman named Mary. And he knows exactly what it feels like to be a human. At this point in my life, I no longer think what God my Father might look like. In fact, Jesus said that the Father is spirit and he doesn't have a body. However, he has manifested himself to us through becoming the person we know as Jesus the Christ. He snuck into humanity as a human being, as a baby. He became one of us. He knows exactly what it feels like to be human because he became a human being himself and lived among us for 33-some years. Therefore, we read in Hebrews 4, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Do you realize that? Jesus can sympathize with our weaknesses but one who has been tempted in all things, just as we are, yet without sin. And then right after that, the next verse we read, Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace for help at our time of need which is another reason why we should continue to be in awe of him. We can be awe-filled because he not only knows what it's like to be a human, but he calls us to come to him to receive the mercy and to find the grace whenever we need it. So how much tent time have you had recently? He waits for us to spend time with him so that we can live a life in awe of him every day. Have you spent time with him? If not, go do so right now. This is John Doyle with 180 Podcasts. God bless you, my friends. I do hope you have a great day in the Lord, and we will talk again tomorrow. Take care, and goodbye.